Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Tired. <laughs> Same. <clears throat> How was last night? Oh, it was so fun. I went to a like burlesque slash drag slash punk show. Oh. It was intense, uh, but also awesome. Um, I got hammered. I am feeling a certain type yes. of way this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Um, actually, I'm not as hungover as I thought I would be, but I think that's because I woke up at like five and just like immediately chugged so much water and then went back to bed for a while. And then those are important. Water is very important, but like, but the, yeah, and it was like an early show too. So. The water chug back to sleep. That's the most important. <laughs> Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's a it's a system. Uh, what about you? Why are you tired? Life. Fair. We're, Valid. I'm not, I'm not used to uh, working like mm. five days a week from you know the whole day. So I'm so used to being in school. Um, and then mm-hmm. when I was working last summer i worked from home mainly um so like it's very new for me to like go into an office um for like this long of a period of time obviously there's like so much to learn because i am a new employee Uh, but yeah tired (laughs) that's yeah yeah i never really thought of it like that I have like the opposite thing where I'm so used to working full time and not being in school that it's like weird for me to kind of like prioritize school over work. Yeah, that's true. Because I stress about money, even though I have no reason to stress about money right now. Like I'm doing totally okay. (laughs) And then I'll just be like, but but if I lose everything... (laughs) Granted, I do have a lot of trauma and have lost a lot of things. So maybe that's where that comes from. Yeah, it's like, you know what? I feel like you have a right to feel like that. 
Um, do you got a bevy? A little bit of coffee, a little bit of water. You? My new roommate, um, who's subletting from one of my roommates, uh, brought an espresso machine. Oh, amazing. And said that I can use it whenever I want. Mm-hmm. And we just alternate buying pods. It's, it's so good. It's one of those things where you're like, oh, it can't be that good. And then you try it and you're like, this is objectively better than most coffee. Like, <laughs> oh, do you have a reason for drinking? I mean, I think you already kind of, I feel like I know based off of yeah. what you have said, but. <laughs> yeah, we'll probably go with that. Um, just new, a lot of new things in the past few weeks. Mm-hmm. A lot of socializing. Hate that. Um, arguably not a like a super social person, so it is. I think that's what's making this more tiring is like the socializing aspect to it. Yeah, when you're an introvert, 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 um, it's hard to. <laughs> be paid to be social (laughs) and do you and me um doing all right um i talked to oh actually you know what i found out so much work drama (laughs) oh that i'm not involved in at all that's the best kind i was unaware of a lot of things apparently with my job uh so yeah for those of you listening um i'm cutting out a lot of details and we're just gonna pretend because i have more than one job so yeah um i honestly i haven't i haven't considered any workplace as having as much drama as our like first job um but that's getting close Maybe we should start talking about the book. <laughs> That's true. Um, hello. The Atlas Paradox. Book number two. Of it, three? Yeah, of I think of three. There's definitely a third one coming, but I don't know if that means that's the end or there's just a third one already in the works, you know? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Spoiler free, what are your thoughts? Um, I, one, I really do wish I read the first one right before. I feel like it would have been more seamless. However, the beginning of this book is so clearly laid out with like, who the characters are, their specialties, their relationships with each other. I think because the first one came out so long before this one came out mm-hmm. that like the author was fairly certain that like maybe you need a bit of a refresher. So I thought like it's well it's well set up for you not reading the first one right before mm-hmm. the second one. So I didn't like it's not bad to do. Um however like I because we read it so long ago, I no longer really cared about the characters 
as much as I did when I was like just on the first book. So I had to re-get into it, which was obviously my own problem. It has nothing to do with the book, but um, yeah. It kind of looked like files in the first like bit where it was like reintroducing you to the story again. I just loved that for some reason. That got me like really into the book, like almost immediately. <laughs> I feel like I needed it. Like if I didn't have it, I'd be like, yeah. hmm, who's who again? A hundred percent. I um, I love the presence of pictures in this book. The art style is really cool. And I just love the, the vibe. <laughs> The vibes in this book are immaculate. It is. It has a vibe to it, like a strong vibe. Some books are like light vibe. This is a vibe. Yeah. And like, I I stand by this. Like, I feel like, I mean, granted, I did not even like re-listen to our old episode. Maybe that would have helped. But that was so long ago that I just don't want to do that. Um but like, I don't know where I was going with that Michael Scott moment. Yeah, big time. I feel like I had a really good point. Oh, that um, I I like. I really haven't read anything like this series. Yes, this is this is a different style entirely than what we normally read. It's so good. Like it's so I love Olivia Blake. Like I love her. Me too. Her writing style is just immaculate. Like the like words and phrases that she's able to use. Like I feel like this this book and this series isn't like quite as you know, aggressively quotable as Alone With You in the Ether was. But still, like, there's just, like, powerful wording. Yeah. She's like I Taylor don't... Swift, but an author. <laughs> I uh, also definitely forgot how the last book ended. Um, and I mm. didn't find out like re-find out how the last book ended until like i don't know a few pages in where it, it, it says like uh something about like the world ending in atlas uh atlas's hands and i was like oh is that how the last book ended <laughs> but like didn't take away from the book at all the fact that i forgot um the first book a little bit no i feel like olivia blake's writing is just so solid that like even even without it, it definitely i think i i would have preferred to have read the first book before but oh well you live and you learn you live and you learn yeah i honestly I don't really have that much more like spoiler free because I just want to talk about <laughs> talk about the book but um did you uh do you think you like this one more than the first one hmm. Hmm. that's a good question honestly yeah I think so 
I think this is one of those books where I kind of liked it better the second time around because a lot of the I feel like the first one from what I remember was a lot of them like studying at times I do remember that um and I think that made like I feel like the second book was a little bit more fast-paced from what I remember what about you do you think you liked this one better I don't know I think they're fairly close for me I uh sometimes world building can be super boring um as we have discovered <laughs> um, but I think like <laughs> the first book the world building kind of was just throughout the book like along with the storyline so I don't know I just think I I really like the first one I like this one too obviously but I don't know if it's like a huge difference between the two books and like how much I like them yeah that's true I also like don't think that it's a huge difference for me either but like I feel like I like this one just slightly better um yeah another thing that I was gonna say is like because obviously we have beef with uh the Crescent City series um (laughs) we bring it up a lot but I I didn't even really think about this but like this is a version of like a modern fantasy and it's just done really well you know what I mean like because I I kind of thought about that and it was like the things that I had beef with in Crescent City I don't really have that beef here because I just feel like I mean granted it does like take place in like our actual world and then there's just like magic thrown in which is cool it's not like an entire new like dimension I guess but but you're right it is like it's well done modern fantasy mm-hmm. well what do you give it out of 10? What are your thoughts? You know, I think I'm going to give it a solid 9. Okay. I naturally am very close, but slightly lower. I think I'd give it an 8.5. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, dog. It was just like, I'm a big fan of dark academia vibes. Yeah. And societies, like secret societies and stuff in books. Like, I really liked that. Um in the maidens as well and i think the maidens was a 10 out of 10 for me if i recall um, yeah you really like something that about one. a secret society <laughs> you love a secret society and then this secret society also had magic so i'm just saying yeah it really hits all the boxes for you um i don't know i like it was it was it was good i think i was confused for like part of the end not the ending but like near the end i was like i actually have no idea what's happening like i'm not understanding where this is going um so (laughs) maybe that was on me but what can you do time for spoilers my favorite time um also just like up top (laughs) there is a typo in my copy of the book (gasps) where it's literally the um like cover page essentially on the inside cover and it says it's supposed to say top books by olivia blake and it says the atlas six and alone with you in the ether but it's t-o-r four books oh no 
Well, my top note is slightly different than that. (laughs) I like, I forgot that uh, the series does this, but there's reference to Canada um, in this book for, and for like a popular fantasy series, that's not a very common thing. Actually, you know what? Any popular book whatsoever reference to Canada is usually (laughs) not in there. So I don't know. It's fun when it's fun when you read something that's like, oh, that's here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm in Canada. Yeah, I think my like top point that isn't the typo is just like again, like the um one. I know we've talked about this before, but I love books that are divided into parts. Um, and then also having these parts have like really just good good part names you know what i mean like days initiates origins entropy i don't even know what that fucking means but i'm like sure i like like, i appreciate the vibes incredible and then yeah like in hindsight the um the persons of interest thing that um I think that might have, like, one, it was probably there to be useful for the readers, but I also think that it was, like, a nod at the fact that towards the end of the book, we would find out that they were, like, being hunted down by people. Mm. It says persons of interest, not, like, characters or something, you know what I mean? So I feel like that was on purpose. You know what? I can see that. I think I think it was foreshadowing that I obviously missed, but I uh, also missed that. Absolutely. Um. Also, well, Gideon has obviously a way bigger part in this book than he did in um the last book. He's one of like the. Mm-hmm one of the main dudes however like right at the beginning <laughs> when he's dealing with sand i was like this is exactly how i feel about bugs <laughs> and he's like were there worse things than sand yes definitely but still gideon didn't think it was entirely out of line to find its effects offensive <laughs> i was like that is so accurate I really loved that Gideon ha- had more of a presence in this book. Obviously, I kind of like forgot about him because he wasn't super big in the last book, but he's such an amazing character. And I remember liking him in the last book a lot, but he just wasn't. And I also thought his like powers were super cool and like also kind of unknown and like really cool that Nico was like researching for his friend. Um, so I, I like that that kind of like progressed further and we got to really see like the full scope of Gideon's powers. I feel like sometimes with Olivia Blake's writing being so good, sometimes I feel stupid. Because it's like in the beginning, it's like before part one, um, and then there's like it just says the paradox and then it explains about 
like power <laughs> oh my god yeah like if the power is a thing to be had that one yeah i also highlighted that and i was like i read this three times <laughs> I, I, like, I read it and i was like whoa that didn't that was just words <laughs> like and i still don't get it like i reread it and like i i get like i i, I understand what olivia blake is trying to say now but it's just like this woman is smart dude yep like how do you come up with this as a concept for a book like these are not my late night thoughts <laughs> no i was yeah it starts off strong this book starts off very strong And I guess that's also like a testament to like how good her writing is because I read that, didn't understand it, but still wanted to read it again to understand it, you know? I feel like with other books, sometimes I don't understand something and I'm like, well, I don't care. So I'm breezing past it. Like, Yeah. But I was like, no, I, I need to get this. I need to be on Olivia Blake's level. What were your thoughts on the like first initial like the initiation I guess like the weird mind battle that was going on oh my god I loved it so much I loved it It so much it was so good it was so well written I would I honestly don't even know I like it was incredible I loved it it was such a strong start such a strong start like it like this like battle like and it was, I think, again, a super start, smart way to start a book because, like, we haven't read it in so long. And, like, it completely reintroduced us to, like, the characters, the dynamics between, like, Atlas and that Dalton guy. And, like, oh, finding out all of their, like, secrets and stuff like that. Oh, my God. It was so good. It was yeah. so good. It, like it reintroduces his like the relationships that everyone has with each other and like the beefs everyone has it's just like it's so well done i don't know yeah we thought my workplace has beef like this this book has beef yeah i also love i hate i hate when books i also hate when movies but like i get it's like part of movies specifically horror movies where like people go along with dumb things without any context but in this book, like some of them, there's like when uh, what's his name, Tristan wants uh, Nico to help kill him, but not actually kill him to like get his powers. And then when Tristan asks Nico, he's like, mm, "I need you to say that in better words because <laughs> I don't know what you mean." <laughs> and I like that. <laughs> I loved that. Yeah, I agree that it's like it was. It was nice that Nico was like, "You want me to kill you?" And like, I no, <laughs> like, yeah, like I feel like that's a vibe throughout the book where people are just like, "What's wrong with you?" No, so like a lot of things that people suggest, um, and I like that. Like honestly, this entire book could have been just like that projection battle. It could have been a novella of just those projections, and I would have been like, "Yes." perfect book do you have a favorite of the projection battles because i do um i don't know 
like some were obviously more interesting than others, but no, I don't know if I have a favorite. What's yours? Callum's. <laughs> the one with himself. <laughs> yeah. It was so cool. What do you mean? <laughs> don't laugh at me. It was cool. I did like that one too. <laughs> and then like there was um a quote in there and I was like, Callum's really just speaking to my heart because uh, I was I, mean, I must have been feeling really bitter this day for some reason because I I sticky note this but uh, I'm not sure if it's my favorite quote probably not because I'm I guess not as bitter today but to care at all about anyone or anything means the inevitability to suffer <laughs> oh you were having I was a like, day yeah <laughs> you're like agreed <laughs> I actually have a, a sticky note where I decided um, if I had to guess what your favorite line was, this would be your favorite line. It's not the line you just said, but it's another line. You want to know what it is? Maybe I'll wait till you tell me what your favorite line is at the end. Yeah, I was going to say, I want it to be a surprise. Because <laughs> if you get it, I'll be hilarious. <laughs> I wonder if we're ever going to find out what Parisa did in her projection i really you hope know? so i hope that comes full circle i'm sure it will because i trust olivia blake with my life okay another one of my favorite quotes it's from gideon and again this is why i'm so happy he had a bigger part i just love his sassiness um but he's like well i'm sure it was all exactly as playful as you imagine and not at all some kind of ongoing experiment to indoctrinate you into their cult of homicidal academia <laughs> I was like, you're not he's, wrong. He's making points. <laughs> oh, man. I uh, I honestly didn't see the overlap of like Gideon and his mom into uh, Dalton, Dalton and his like mind. That was unexpected for me because like I know we learned about Gideon's mom last book and the fact that it came back and then that's where he was sent to by his mom and i was like oh damn it's all connected. i know <laughs> <laughs> everything was so connected in this book and that whole battle scene between him and parisa that was so cool that was so cool it was beautiful. I really like Parisa actually in this book. I thought she was funny. I really like her too. Yeah. I think I, I never, I feel like when I read the first book, there wasn't really a character that stood out to me except for Callum. I really liked Callum because he's interesting and a little evil. Um, but I feel like the rest of them were all pretty much on the same level for me. But it was, I feel like I liked, like, all of the characters were way more developed in this book. And it's, like, I liked kind of how much they changed, but, like, it makes sense for them to have changed this way. Like, Libby's character development, I'm like, yo. Yeah, but it wasn't, like, weird character development where you're like, mm, that's out of character for you. It was mm -hmm. just well done. It's a well-written book. Yeah. And I kind of like that some of the characters didn't get as much 
character development, at least like yet. Like Callum didn't really have too much growth, I will say, but like obviously I still like his character. Um, and I feel like that kind of makes sense based off of what his character was before and the things that like he had gone through as well as his um like magical abilities. Like I can understand why his character hasn't developed as much. Whereas like Libby, it makes sense for her character to develop because she was trapped in a room in the eighties. Yeah, the whole time travel wormhole world thing, incredible. It was well done. Um mm-hmm. I uh was not expecting the tie-in of some of the characters like uh, the mm, not the society but like the society's like the above thing um when i don't know how to pronounce her name bellin libby's friend and yeah probably the, yeah when she was part of like the society's like upper group i was like Oh my god. Because you don't find out her full name until like later on. So it's kind of like a surprise. It's beautiful. Characters tie in so much more than you expect. Mm-hmm. Well, I remember when um Ezra I I definitely made a note of this. Ezra like in hindsight he was talking about Belen and saying that she had like a familiar quality or something like that and I was like oh my god is that Libby like did Libby not get out and that's gonna be Libby but then it wasn't and it kind of makes sense I feel like he would know what Libby would he would be able to tell yeah that would have been wild though would have been wild because I guess they do also like um glamour themselves is I think what they call it like when they yeah yeah, so that could have been it. And I thought that might have been it. Also, there's a quote that I put, uh, just because it makes me think, it made me think of this podcast. And it's, it's just as, it got easier to talk having started. <laughs> I feel like that's just been our progression of chaos through this podcast. Like, at first, we were so awkward and tried to present ourselves a certain way. And now we're just like, well. Honestly, be it'd be more helpful for your editing if we would be more awkward, because then there'd be slightly more structure. You're not wrong. I will say that. I liked getting Ezra's perspective in this book as well. It's like, you know when you almost feel bad for a character, even though they're the villain? That's where I was yeah. heading with Ezra. I was like, I dislike you so much, but also, like, I feel bad for him um because at a certain point he obviously believed very strongly in what he was doing and then like he was like i've gone too far now like i have to keep going um Mm -hmm. or else i just ruined my life for no reason so it's pretty um sad however i like having backstory to villains so incredible yeah always always we love a good backstory we love a good villain origin story did you think Libby would uh, do it, like, to get out of the, uh, the time she was stuck in? Like, make the uh, 
explosion happen or did you think she was going to stay? Uh, I kind of thought she was going to stay because I thought that the woman across from Ezra was Libby, um, who had aged. Oh, yeah, that's true. So I thought she wasn't going to do it. But instead it was Libby's friend. (gasps) And kind of lover, almost. Yeah. A weird, a weird sexual tension dynamic friendship. (laughs) Yeah, definitely more than friends. Yeah. Um I um So yeah, I was a little bit surprised that Libby did it. Libby's monologue though, like when she was I'm not there in the book yet, unfortunately, so we can like get back to it, but there's some quotes in there where I was like, holy fuck. Libby went through it. Libby, <laughs> she sure as hell did. What were your thoughts on Raina throughout this book? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't have a favorite character, but I also, I might have a least favorite character. <laughs> I find her, yeah, just a little annoying. She was just like a bit childish and like dramatic for no reason. Um, Very dramatic. Like the reason I brought this up is because I have a quote from her where she's like, don't envy me, Parisa. Fear me. And I was like, okay. Yeah, and she has, like, an issue with Parisa, but, like, also, I don't know if it's, like, a rightful issue. It just seems to be that, like, Parisa is confident and Reyna isn't, and Reyna seems to find that offensive if, like, a woman is confident in herself. It's just, like, the vibes are not correct. It's it's giving pick-me, girl. Yeah, and then, like, when... Uh, Nico chose, like, wasn't, like, really fighting her in his own projection because didn't think it was, like, much of a battle. Um, mm-hmm. And then she was all offended, but then wouldn't say anything to Nico. <laughs> I was like, you can't be mad at him. I know. If you're not going to tell him. She's just, like, yeah, giving the silent treatment. And he had no idea what was wrong because he's just kind of a lost little puppy dog. <laughs> like... Yeah, and, like, obviously he didn't do it on purpose. It's projection. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I wasn't wasn't a huge fan of her this book. I hope she has a bit of a redemption in the next one, but... uh... I hope so, too. I did find her god complex amusing, um, and it's definitely a god complex, even though she, like, is trying to claim that it isn't. Um... Yeah, it's it, it was just weird when she was like, she's clearly not very confident in herself. And she's like, I am a god. <laughs> but also, actually, that kind of makes her a little bit relatable because I feel that sometimes. <laughs> and you're like, I am the worst, but also I am perfect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a weird duality in my brain. But also. Yeah, definitely not, not a real understand. No, I'm not a Reina stan either. I think her powers are super cool, but... 
Yeah. And I feel like she was kind of mid in the first book. So it's really unfortunate that her like character development went this way. Yeah, it definitely went downhill for me. Um again, third book redemption, perhaps. Perhaps. Um also what were your thoughts on the gala? I liked it specifically that Ezra was there. Mm-hmm. And then it didn't like come together for like Nico and them to be like, oh my god, he was here. Uh until obviously he had he had left. But something about all the people in the story being in one room, you can't really go wrong. I feel like that's the ideal scenario. Yeah. I feel like it's why we we're also big fans of like masquerade balls. And I feel like this was just a different version of that. Yeah. They were all kind of like masked in a way. Yeah, with all like of the hammers. characters were together. If anything, I wish there. I wish it had been a little bit more of a thing. Like I wish it had been more beefy. Fair. I honestly agree with you. I could have done with more of the um, gala than what it was, but I'm glad it was there either way. Yeah. Same. Also, this book says the word paradox a few times, and. There's obviously nothing like the uh, book title being in the book. So I love it when that pops up just randomly. I'm like, oh, <laughs> paradox. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, I just like, I'm, I'm not, I'm just really not over um, Gideon's powers. Like, I feel like in this book, we realize just how powerful he is. And I'm coming to this conclusion now. Because not only can he enter people's dreams, he entered Libby's dreams from the past. Like, that's yeah. crazy to me. Gideon is insanely powerful. I, I guess that's like, probably why like just gonna... uh, mm-hmm. Nico wants to do research on him because it's so interesting. But yeah. Yeah. I love Nico and Gideon, especially at the end. We'll get to it. <laughs> I honestly did not see that coming at all. <laughs> perfect okay before we get to that um because i will get Uh, yeah we need to (laughs) um yeah we're gonna derail (laughs) i uh you know what hear me out this was this was one of the things i was like this seems a bit anticlimactic for me um i might be jumping ahead of where you are but i'm gonna do it anyways uh that's fair the um exit from the library house thing itself mm-hmm. when atlas was just kind of like safe travels and then everyone left it felt so anticlimactic for me at that point where i was like that's kind of it you're just leaving um it was weirdly casual for me i don't know what i was expecting but it was just not what i was expecting i feel like there's something we're missing (laughs) because I feel like it was like hinted that once you leave the society like you'll just mysteriously die or something like that was that not a thing did I make that up 
uh, I know that like, like you know what I think you're thinking of because like Atlas's and Ezra's group they all died but it's because they did it wrong mm-hmm. not because you die if you leave the society I don't think but then also like the library feeds off you maybe you do die if you leave I don't know I don't know I feel like I saw that somewhere, but I didn't, I definitely didn't make a note of it. And then I just kind of breezed past it because it was like, not all, like they weren't, you know, like murdered, like they died of like sicknesses and stuff like that. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It, it was just the safe travels and then they leave. It would just say, it seemed very casual. Hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It did seem very casual. Um, and then my immediate next note goes to what I actually wanted to talk about, which was Gideon and Nico. <laughs> I like <laughs> everything left my brain at that point. Okay, well, I have notes before that. So let me just flip <laughs> Also a constant like theme in the book I love is like Nico kind of putting things in brackets when he's like describing things like he said like um early in the book there was something where he was like insulting someone in spanish but it in, in an affectionate way so it like says it out in um spanish and then in brackets it just says affectionate and then in his contacts he has asshole and then in brackets derogatory and then asshole and then in brackets affectionate <laughs> yeah and i just appreciate that i'm like thank you thank you for the clarity um, and again before we get to the thing that i know we're dying to talk about uh did you think that belen's reaction was justified no when she okay great <laughs> literally no part of me i like i get belen being mad because she was lied to um yeah however making the whole like libby was taken kidnapped from her friends family and entire life kind of like trivial (laughs) i was like belen (laughs) i get you're sad you were lied to however (laughs) there are greater things at play right now yeah yeah much greater i feel like it uh, the only thing that i feel like was justified is her being upset that she like found out that in 30 years all of the things that she was working towards would just be for nothing so i like that she was a whole like environmental warrior and stuff like that also her like death did not anticipate that that was fucked up who's death belen But I thought Belen was alive. And she's part of the society. I definitely. Because that's uh, the, the person's full name in like the society. The one that Ezra's like has a familiar whatever is Belen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she lives uh, like until the end of the book. Oh, okay. I thought you meant like she died there. I was like, no, she's from <laughs> no, 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 no. 
<laughs> I was jumping ahead a little bit. Okay. I was like, um, at what point did she die? Because I missed that. <laughs> no, I get it. I get what you're late. saying. Get what you're saying. But, uh, mm-hmm. but also, like, um, when she's like fighting with Libby about everything, and she's like, "My grandmother died, and I came here to help you with your science." And I'm like, "That's on you, dog." If my grandmother died, there is not a single man out there, not even one, who I would be like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna help you," instead of seeing my family in this trying time. Also, like, it's then- not like she said anything either it was just like a weird secret (laughs) and then it's like oh that's Libby's fault no it isn't that's your own fault a hundred percent it's her own fault okay I'm finally at the whole like um Libby exploding everything monologue um it's like when she refers to herself as like the median who could power the stars and then she says destiny was a choice time to torch this outcome and let the fucker burn and there's so many more powerful quotes like in this or not more powerful those are the two most powerful for for me but like there's so many powerful quotes in that monologue where she's like just fucking shit up and basically like exploding yeah she she's tired of being uh i don't know passive reserved she's ready yeah oh yeah it's it's not till page six 365 that um belen dies okay we're good now and that was that was fucked up that was okay yes that i was also surprised about (laughs) okay (laughs) I was like, she definitely grows old, so don't know where you're going with this. That was on me. She does she does grow old. But I also like found it so fucked up that like she was because I like kind of see her like perspective on like uh maybe we should be a little bit more fucking aggressive about saving the planet. Um and then when she does it and she's like doing something very selfless but like in a kind of like dictatorshipy way it's like oh that's not good but we can do selfish things in a very dictatorshipy way you know and that is acceptable <laughs> and that's fine but because you're doing things that we don't like that is not fine i don't know i i found that really unfortunate I think one thing that was anticlimactic for me was when Atlas accused Ezra of um, killing the four initiates. And I thought that was a plot twist. And then immediately we find out that that's just Atlas, like, annoying Ezra and, like, trying to get a rise out of him. And I was like, oh. Yeah, I was also like, okay. Yeah. I'm so close to the part that we want. Okay, it was so cute. I'm there. Yay. Um, I literally no part of me saw that coming. Not in the slightest bit whatsoever. Like, I feel like I was me as either. shocked as Nico was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I just... 
I thought I thought Nico was a straight man, and then I didn't really have a read on Gideon. Um, yeah, like maybe we're just really bad at picking up on foreshadowing, which obviously is true. <laughs> obviously, but... we are. <laughs> I Anyone who has think... listened to a single episode, <laughs> I don't think there was foreshadowing for this. Well, because like earlier in the book, uh, Nico and Parisa almost hooked up. And he had a huge crush on Parisa. Yeah. That's true. So there was like the so he's bi, but... foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. I yeah. just I loved it. Also another thing that I like about Olivia Blake's um, books is that or I guess this only really happened in the Atlas books that we've read i don't know if this definitely wasn't in alone with you in the ether but i feel like characters like sexualities become apparent so just like casually and not like it's It's not their entire character it's just like some part of them but like it's never a big deal um i do actually Mm -hmm. really like that too because the same thing with like libby and uh belen like it was just like exactly this is happening now um Mm -hmm. however i'm not gonna lie the libby and belen thing was less surprising for me than gideon and nico was yeah well i think that that's also partially because we just kind of we were already aware of libby's sexuality because she because of that threesome with tristan and parisa (laughs) yeah that's fair enough um did you what did you think was gonna happen when Gideon kissed Nico initially, did you think it was going to be like all good, or did you think that something bad was going to happen? I I definitely I I immediately was like yes, <laughs> there was no like yes, really happening. Like... <laughs> did you think something bad was going to happen? No, <laughs> I assumed everything was good, like, perfection. Yeah, same. Yeah, I was I was pretty immediately just like, okay, perfect. This is, and like, oh, that's such a cute romance from a bromance to a romance. Literally ideal. Um... Also, I know this is probably unsurprising, especially because of the quality of this book. But I have multiple favorite quotes. Um, I couldn't decide. Um, so you probably picked at you, the one you thought thought is probably going to be one of them at least. If it isn't, then. You just don't know me at all. <laughs> Fair enough. Either way, I know you're going to agree that you like the quote. <laughs> um, but, all right, would you like to list your favorite quotes in this book? I would love to list my favorite quotes in this book. One of them. This is just like a soft favorite. Um, but there is doom to be found everywhere if doom is what you seek. Okay. I liked it. Didn't love it. But I wanted to mention it. Honorable mention to that quote. <laughs> um, another one. Also, all I feel like most of these are incredibly bitter. So maybe I should continue to speak to my therapist. Um, which, like, I do. But maybe I'll just bring some of these quotes up and be like, why is this what I... Yeah, why is this to? my favorite? <laughs> um, but this is one. This was what 
This was what came of having feelings, of seeing goodness in people, of letting her guard down and being real, being honest, and therefore being weak. All right. (laughs) Another one. People always craved power. That was a constant of humanity, a truer ruler than any law of physics. If they weren't given power, they took it. And however lofty and moral their foundational creed, people historically did not choose to give it away. How does Olivia Blake write this shit? Uh, We're going a different route this time. Um, He enjoyed pie. As far as desserts went, it was vastly underrated. That was Gideon. Big Gideon fan. That was definitely a different tone. (laughs) (laughs) Very different. Uh... Another one, there was no science here, only vibes. That was in Gideon's, like, dream world. Um, This one was super fucking relatable because I'm an angry crier. Um, And it was from Libby's perspective. And there was something awful about feeling rage and wanting to strangle something, but instead falling prey to the softness of hormones, welling up with the inadequacy of sadness when what she meant to do was scream. I was like... Yeah, these quotes really do have a vibe. <laughs> um, another one, optimism had not served her nearly as well as rage. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm gonna keep these sticky notes in here and talk when I talk when I see my therapist on Monday, I might bring this up. And then the, this is the last one. So if if this isn't it, you didn't get it. Um, but Olympus was empty and so was hell. The devils were all here in this house. That is beautiful. That's but that. no, none of these are it. Really? Hear me out. This is, if I had to guess, this was the one. And if there was a god, a god, that is, she respected him less for having the time, capacity, or interest to personally fuck with her. (laughs) I'm not for sure you would relate. I should have put that one. And then for... That that was the favorite line that I assumed you would pick. I also like it, but it's not my favorite one. My favorite one was one thing at a time, murder first and then scholarly pursuits. <laughs> um, okay, I found the chapter. I'll find the line later. Um yeah, again, I'm just gonna bring it I'm just gonna be like, hello. <laughs> hello. <laughs> I know we're all very aware that my brain is broken, but here's some quotes from a book I read. But I know she also reads, so if she hasn't read this book, then maybe I'll be like, you should read this book, and then I'll tell you the quotes that I relate to. <laughs> but yeah, incredible. I'm very excited for the next one. Do you have a favorite character? Honestly, I I don't know yet. Like I like them. I like most of them. Like, some more than others, but I don't actually think I have, a like, a number one favorite, though. Do you? I think I have a tie for two for very different reasons. I still really like Callum. Um, and then also Gideon. Fair. I like Gideon because he's likable, and I like Callum because he's interesting. Yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to see if that maintains in the third book too if you still have the top mm-hmm. two for them um yeah 
you want to talk about the next book because this one was a you pick it was i can't find where i put the book though so i'll just introduce it and I'm not going to read the back because i can't find it um we are doing the silent patient by alex michaelides michaelides um I haven't read a whole lot of it, but from what I remember from reading the back of the book is that it's about, um, or it's like from the perspective of a therapist who is dealing with a patient who doesn't speak after shooting her husband 10 times. So, and so they don't know why she did it. Very interesting. Um, so I'm excited. Yeah. Plus we loved his other one, like other mm-hmm. that we read. Um, so. so I'm very excited about this book because I loved his um I love the maidens and I really liked the writing style too so I feel like it'll be um good and then obviously obviously we know I love a good murder so (laughs) a lot of factors looking positive for this one um anyways I think that's all I got me too that's exciting well if you want to follow us on social media we have an instagram which is at bookbevies and a gmail which is bookbevies at gmail.com for longer email inquiries don't forget to rate review and subscribe thanks for listening listening. goodbye bye planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.